This episode of the Weekly Standard Podcast is sponsored by The Great Courses. The Great Courses brings the world's greatest professors to your fingertips with more than 500 courses on science, history, philosophy, fine arts, better living, and more. The Great Courses are available on digital download and streaming or DVD and CD. Best of all, you can listen to or watch The Great Courses at your own pace without the pressure of homework or exams. And now, for a limited time only... The Great Courses is giving our listeners an offer of up to 80% off the original price of selected courses, including the Decisive Battles of World History. For this limited time 80% offer, please go to thegreatcourses.com slash WS to find out more. That's thegreatcourses.com slash WS. Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us from the Weekly Standard is Mark Hemingway. Mark, this weekend I saw American Sniper, and it's a good movie, a definitely well-made movie, but I saw something I've never seen before. When the movie was over and the credits were rolling, the packed theater filed out in silence, hushed whispers. Nobody said, I've I've never seen a, a movie where people were just quiet, almost somber and reverential over what they had seen. It it certainly is the phenomenon of the moment in Hollywood. Yeah. No, it was it was it was amazing because it was this uh I mean it was originally done as sort of like an art film, Oscar film kind of thing. You know, I mean it had a top notch cast and obviously Clint Eastwood directed it, but you know, it was a very serious film and I think it was given limited release at first and then when they finally expanded it to uh um you know, a, a large scale theatrical distribution, it stunned everybody. I mean a ninety million dollar opening weekend. I mean I don't think anybody saw that coming. Oh, they didn't definitely didn't see it coming, and it's very possible that it, it may gross as much money by itself as all the other Best Picture contenders combined. And yet, along with this uh, uh, mob of Americans going to see the movie, is a pretty significant sized uh, wave of controversy, starting with a New Republic article denouncing the movie by a guy who admits in the first sentence of his review, I haven't seen the movie, and went on to say that it's basically jingoistic racism uh, promoting American violence abroad, uh, uh, Michael Moore said that snipers like Chris Kyle are cowards, and when they're invaders, they're even worse. And Seth Rogen, who just got a boost of support for free speech when a bunch of people who, like myself who don't think much of his movies went out to see the interview, he went out of his way to compare the movie to Nazi propaganda. So uh, what's the deal with – I thought all Hollywood cared about was box office. What's this about? <laughs> Well, um, to some extent they do, but you know, obviously Hollywood has its its political leanings. Um, you know, certainly Seth Rogen, being the stone Canadian that he is, you know, probably is going to have some thoughts on American <laughs> jingoism that I'm, uh, you know, that don't necessarily jibe with the average American. Uh, and that New Republic piece you mentioned is really worth uh, um, taking a look at, almost just to really savor how pr- terrible it is. Um, aside from the fact that, you know, it's basically reviewing a movie based on the trailer, which is just, you know, astonishing that anyone would, would do that and think that's a legitimate, like, critical act. Uh, it's written by a Penn State professor of international affairs or something, and it reads like a, a, a high school paper or something. I mean, it's, it's unbelievably childish and poorly written. Um, and yet, I can't remember one of the Hollywood trades uh, re- recently reported that, that that very TNR article was circulating around Academy voters trying to encourage people to, you know, um, to not vote for it for Best Picture of the Academy Awards. Um, and one Academy member said, based on the article, Chris Kyle sounds like a sociopath. Uh, right. Do we really want to celebrate him? And, of course, the article is written by a guy who has not seen the movie and doesn't know what's being celebrated and what's not. 
Right. Well, you know, also you have to remember too, though, that there was also a bit of a campaign for zero against Zero Dark Thirty because the film supposedly glorified, you know, torture. But by all accounts, the film just simply acknowledged that quote unquote enhanced interrogation techniques uh, were, um, in fact, uh, um, used to help get information to capture Bin Laden. And, and whatever you want to do, you can't rewrite history. And the film was at least accurate in, in, in that regard. Um, but the reality is it's just a sort of astonishing because um, if you look at uh, um, the history of Hollywood, um, some of the biggest names in, in Hollywood were active making war propaganda during World War II. In fact, there was a great book written uh, um, called Five Came Back uh, just in the last year about you know um, the famous Hollywood directors like John Ford and I think with Frank Capra and some others that were involved in filming World War II films and, and what the effect it had on them. Uh, and, uh, you know, in, in the earlier time, Hollywood, you know, wasn't quite as anti-American, just re- reflexively knee-jerk. I mean, it's really just astonishing that, that this is, is the case. Well, what's also I mean, astonishing, I, I, but what's also astonishing, uh, Mark, is that in an industry that is, you know, struggling, they acknowledge that the, the, you know, the the way we watch movies is changing. The money available for movies is changing. The uh, ability to, to uh, you know, to have a box office, you know, large investment payoff is changing. And yet here you have a model that keeps working. Lone Survivor is one example. This is the uh, uh, American Sniper, the latest of giving Americans a movie that takes an honest and not anti-American view, not not necessarily pro-American. I, I think it's hilarious that right. people are saying that American Sniper is somehow a celebration of Chris Kyle's life. Nobody watches that movie and wants to be Chris Kyle. He has a right. very tough life, and he has some very problematic behaviors of his own. But just making that clear-eyed, not anti-American movie, clearly there's an audience for it. And yet, where's Hollywood? They're working on what? Uh, the Valley right. of Elah 2 or whatever it is? Yeah, exactly. No, a couple of years ago when The Hurt Locker first came out, it was sort of uh, fascinating to me because right after it came out, um, the um, PR push involved, they'd hired uh, some PR firms that specialize in reaching out to conservatives and Christians, basically, to promote the film. And I remember getting a screener copy of the film uh, and watching it, and I was just sort of uh, astonished uh, that they thought that this was the thing to market to Christians and conservatives, <laughs> but it kind of was. And the reason why was because The Hurt Locker may have been like the first Iraq war film where the soldier, and believe me, this is a very, Hurt Locker, if you've seen it, you know, is a very ambiguous film, right. but it also might have been the first film about the Iraq war where the soldiers were p- portrayed with, you know, dignity uh, and, you know, people who go about doing their jobs with any sort of like professionalism. Uh, and, um, and, you know, again, uh, that alone was considered like a step forward. And that is, you know, those are good m- words because I, I love The Hurt Locker. I think Jeremy Renner's fantastic in it. I recommend anyone who hasn't seen it to see it, but it's, once again, not a celebration. This is not a jingoistic movie of, you know, Captain America flag running right. in. It's just, fa- it's just, he's, here's a real guy with a real job that he takes very seriously. It, the, the movie allows the upside to be told along with the uh, the downside because war always has downside. Which brings me to another point about the Ameri- about American Sniper. I think American Sniper may inadvertently be the best argument most Americans will see for the premise of the Iraq War because it has yeah. one small scene where a guy uh, 
uh, prepping uh, Chris Kyle for his first mission for his first time in Iraq points out, look, you're not fighting uh, Iraqi farm boys. You're fighting Al-Qaeda supporters who've fought elsewhere, trained elsewhere. They're being paid by Al-Qaeda to come here. You're facing, you know, the basically the A-leagues of the jihadists. And when you realize that, they don't make a big issue out of it in the movie because it's not the point of the movie. But when you realize that you watch the movie, you go, oh my gosh, this is fantastic. We're sending the best of the best Americans to wipe out these bad guys who would a la Paris today be somewhere else back in whatever Lebanon, Paris, you know, America, Berlin, plotting something. And I thought, remember watching the movie, Mark, going, if only the Bush administration had made this case as well as Clint Eastwood just made it on a movie screen. Right. Well, I, you know, I remember there was all kinds of hand wringing about the truth of whether or not Al Qaeda was in Iraq, uh, you know, at the time, you know, I and mean, there was, there was a whole, you know, cottage industry uh, in the media that was devoted to, you know, repelling these quote-unquote myths about the Iraq war that we now, of course, take for granted and we know to be true, like, like that, you know, so that people would get a better sense of uh, why we were fighting in the war. Now, I, I don't get me wrong, I mean, I totally understand what the public, you know, was and is war-weary uh, as far as the Iraq war is concerned, and there's certainly room to discuss that, you know, in an artistic endeavor, uh, but the idea <laughs> that you would um, not at all, that you would go out of your way to make the act of, of serving in the military sort of undignified and uh, to talk about everything about what we were doing over there was you know, completely misguided the way it was portrayed in Hollywood for so long. I mean, it wasn't, you mentioned In the Valley of Elah earlier, which was, you know, this film about, uh, I heard it was Tommy Lee Jones and, uh, you know, murder investigation set against the backdrop of the, you know, horrors of war. But there was also rendition. There was stop loss. There was grace is gone. I mean, there were all these films that were dedicated to portraying just like the horror and the, and the, and the toll the war was taking on people and, and none like celebrating any of the heroism or, or anything that went along with that. I mean, you, I, I I get you, you can be critical all you want, but you know, you should at least, you know, be somewhat objective in terms of telling the stories of, of the one well, of the things that people did that, in that were in fact. In particular when it, there's clearly an audience for it, when there's a way to make ninety right. million dollars in a weekend in January. Which brings you to the final point. Every I, I know I assume you're the same way, Mark, uh, that when you sit down to tweet something or to blog something that you've got a filter screaming in your brain, you know, you know, there are people who don't share your politics who are gonna try to use this, you know, don't be an idiot. Don't say something stupid. And if right. you don't have that, you are the lucky enough to have Molly there telling you don't do these <laughs> idiotic things. What are you thinking if you're a Hollywood person, you're an, a national celebrity like a Michael Moore, and you say snipers are cowards, knowing that hundreds of men serving in the military right now and thousands previously have served in that position on America's side. What are you thinking when you're a, a Seth Rogen, you're a contemporary pop person now, and you compare a Oscar-nominated movie that celebrates Americans to Nazi propaganda. I mean, do they not have the filter, or do they not need the filter? In other words, are they going to be essentially get away with making an egregious comment that if uh, our, you know our friend Bill Kristol or whoever right. you know Rush Limbaugh, Sean Hannity says something similar, it would be oh my gosh, I can't believe you would say that. Is is that really where Hollywood sensibilities are? That there's no blow too low for the U.S. military right now. Uh, you know, I think that that's that's part of it, but I think 
it's also just, you know, Pauline Kael syndrome, or, you know, the famous film critic or whatever said she didn't know anyone that voted for Nixon and didn't know how he could possibly win. The quote, the quote's a bit apocryphal, but, but you get the idea. I mean, you know, who, who is Seth Rogen around, you know, on a day-to-day basis? Who is Michael Moore around on a day-to-day basis in Hollywood that is telling these people that what they're saying is outrageous? I mean, <laughs> everyone in Hollywood skews heavily left. That's changing a bit, uh, thank goodness. But the reality is, is that, you know, all these people line up to write checks for Hillary Clinton and all lined up to write checks for Barack Obama. And, and they all had an incredibly negative uh, impression of the Iraq war based on the films that they made. So, you know, why would anyone suffer any consequences because of this? I mean, they did suffer consequences because a lot of these films, you know, uh, tanked, <laughs> but they felt good about themselves losing money in the process. So, but, you know, that might change now that they've seen that this film's, you know, going to make $90 million a week in January, as you point out. Um, you know, maybe we'll start to see uh, some, um, you know, more honest attempts uh, well, at uh, portraying soldiers. Well, Bradley Cooper was nominated for uh, Best Actor. He will not win, and it has nothing to do with the politics. It has to do with the fact that the role is relatively minimal compared to, say, Imitation Game, where ben Benedict Cumberbatch got to really, you know, you know, take off with a uh, with a fun role but also because it's not even Bradley Cooper's best role of 2014 he was much better in Guardians of the Galaxy as you know Mark um, <laughs> playing an animated car- an, an raccoon, animated raccoon right? animated, hey he can play I've never seen feral animal animation voice work like we got from Bradley Cooper and it's going to be outstanding <laughs> Mark Hemingway thanks so much for joining us for today's podcast Thanks for having me. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard Podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.